0: This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. this week we are celebrating a sensational weekend for the lacrosse, softball, and baseball programs. Four Bates student-athletes earned NESCAC honors last week and the Bates Student-Athlete Advisory Committee hosted its first annual faculty-student basketball game. All that and more coming up on the Bates. Bobcast. Peace, peace, The number 22 nationally ranked Bates women's lacrosse team sports an overall record of 8-4 and and a conference mark of 4-3 after the Bobcats defeated Connecticut College at Garcelon Field on Saturday by a score of 11-10. Bates got the bounce-back win after suffering a midweek loss to Bowdoin. Senior captain goalkeeper Eliza Statil made 14 saves against the Camels, including one with less than 30 seconds remaining, which clinched the victory. After the game, she joined the Bobcast.
1: So number nine had been playing well all game. I knew she was going to be one of the shooters, or number 21. So I just knew she was going low, and I kind of forget the rest. So
0: <laughs> When the shot actually, um, you know it's going low, so you just react?
1: Yeah, I tried to drop my body there and hold on to it. I have 10 seconds in the crease, and there was only about 12 seconds left. So it was just hold on for dear life, make it to the end, and win on senior day. So.
0: There was a timeout call right before. What was the discussion over there?
1: Uh, Brett and Lauren were super confident in us. We knew what they'd been doing all game, um, just decided that we had to lock it down and stayed full faith, play our game, and win it.
0: Senior day, extra special victory?
1: Extra special, definitely.
0: <laughs> what was it like before the game?
1: Uh, it was a lot of emotions. There's a ton of people here. It's great to see alumni in the stands, the signs, and uh, it's sometimes challenging just to think about the game when everything's going on but it's nice to have that extra support all around you literally on this field at Garcelon.
0: What does it say about the team you're able to bounce back you know after the tough loss to Bowdoin?
1: Yeah we've been really resilient and we had a couple tough losses against Babson and Wesley, and early on in the year Um, it's nice to pull off a win when it's that close and we know we can play better so we're really resilient and we're excited going to these next couple of games after break when we're rested.
0: You got, what, 10 days before your next game? What do you think the focus is going to be?
1: Uh, the focus is going to be on us figuring out the details and things that we need to work on to win some close games against some of the top teams in the NESCAC. So.
0: I saw after the game, um, right after a big embrace with JoJo, your fellow captain, what was that moment like?
1: Yes, that was really special. Where, like, we pulled it off, we made it, now it's time to celebrate.
0: The number 12 nationally ranked Bates men's lacrosse team sports an overall record of 9-2 and and a conference mark of 6-1. and first in the NESCAC. The Bobcats defeated Bowdoin 14-12 to in Brunswick Wednesday and followed that up with a 15-10 to win at Connecticut College on Saturday. Junior Captain Matt Lastava, the all-time assists leader in Bates men's lacrosse history, scored four goals and dished out three assists against the Polar Bears. Then he tallied two goals and a season-high six assists against the Camels on Saturday. For his efforts, Lestavo was named NESCAC Men's Lacrosse Player of the Week. Matt, you know, Connecticut College, this is a team that they play pretty slow. I know the pace can be challenging, so what was the game like there on Saturday?
2: Uh, well, I mean, they came out uh, defensively and they threw a zone at us. Uh, they have a couple of really good guys on offense that we tried to uh, focus up on. So, uh offensively is a lot a lot of it was uh, trying to get our offense early in transition and if so, if they get in on defense to be patient and work the ball around and see what the zone that they're throwing at us gives us. So
0: the team obviously there's been some injuries, some guys are banged up a little bit, but um so you've probably been seeing some new faces to work with on offense a little bit. What's that been like?
2: Yeah, I mean every single year we kind of have uh, like the injured reserve where a couple of guys are banged up and This year is no different Um, because we're so deep and we have so many guys on the team. We do have this next man up mentality where um, everybody who comes out to practice, everyone who comes out to play is typically ready to go. So um, it takes a little bit, it takes a a little bit of time for everyone to get used to the new lineup and stuff like that. But for the most part, um, we try not to lose a step whenever uh, a new person is on the field.
0: You're racking up the assists. How do you build chemistry with the other attackers in practice to, you know, develop plays where you're behind that net and you're distributing like that?
2: Uh, Well, a lot of it has to do with um, confidence in me. So, like, I can't really uh, be an active feeder if no one else is really cutting off ball and stuff like that. So... Um, that we kind of have this understanding, especially with, like, me and Malali and, like, uh, other attackmen and other midfielders like me and Curtis, where if they get open, then they're confident that I can actually hit them with a pass, and I just try my best to keep my head up, and uh, if they get open, to try to give them as good of a ball as I possibly can.
0: Excellent. And then, um, you know, obviously people know you also because you, you can score, obviously, a lot, and teams, I'm sure, game plan you differently depending on the week, and so how do you approach that uh when you're in the game, realizing what they're doing out there?
2: Um, Well, a lot of it is kind of like audible. So Mm -hmm. we do have a game plan, a set game plan on the scout and stuff like that and stuff that we prepare for. However, on the field, when it comes to uh, recognizing the moment, recognizing what's going on, we like to play fast. So as a result, we kind of try to push that transition. and, And a lot of that is... Kind of playing a chaotic type of lacrosse, but that's the way we like it, and that's the way that we practice it. So, um, when it comes to game day, it's nothing that we haven't really seen before.
0: So we're talking on Tuesday. So a week from today, you're going to be at Tufts. Uh, they had their first loss the other day, but obviously a, a, a great rivalry. You've played in the last two years. What's the, what's this game like?
2: Uh, there's not there's not much that's like it, honestly. That yeah. when it comes to Bates Tufts, it's it's a beautiful rivalry, in that. You know it's going to be a heavy-hitting game. You know that it's going to be up and down. We're going to have our runs. They're going to have theirs. So when it all around, it's just going to be exciting. I mean, they they have it out for us. We scrimmaged them earlier on in the fall, so uh, we we got an opportunity to run at them a little bit before. But it's uh, the vibe at Bellow Field and in Boston. There's like a lot of Bates alumni that come out because they all live around there and stuff like that. So. It's it's just exciting. I'm excited to get out there. Yeah, that game two years ago
0: was very memorable, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, no
2: definitely two years ago like it felt it felt like a home game because of how many Bates alum came out and How many people made the trip down so? um, Going down to Massachusetts my home state. It's just
0: it's just a great feeling to uh, get out there and uh, play our hardest. Now you're one of the captains as a junior the first years, do they know what's, what's waiting for them with Tufts? I mean, have, have you talked to them much about this rivalry and what it means?
2: Yeah, I mean, we kind of talk about how, like, every game in the NESCAC is should not be taken for granted. Yeah. And they already know, like, as freshmen, like the bit, the heavy hitters of the NESCAC being Tufts, Emersons, stuff like that. So coming into this tough part of our schedule, I think they're more than prepared. I mean, obviously coming off of finals and stuff, and all that yeah. that's that's a lot to deal with but um in terms of toughs i think i think they should be ready to go
0: you mentioned a tough part of the schedule but also an opportunity right it's a chance to finish first definitely it's it's a chance to establish
2: ourselves as one of the most prominent NESCAC teams this year um, obviously we're trying to, and we've talked about it, Curtis, Bull and Rocco and I about our desire to host NSCAC mm-hmm. um, because we did it we did it two years ago and we fell short, but um, I, we know that there's nothing better than hosting a game on Garcelon for NESCAC, NESCAC playoffs so.
0: What's it like to be the all-time assist leader at Bates as a junior? Um, it's it's nice.
2: Uh, <laughs> I just informed me of this. Right, so right. <laughs> This is news to me. Um, uh, however, it's, it's nice to know that um, when I do, I, when I am able to get my hands free and get my get a pass off to a teammate that they they will finish the back end of it. And that just that just goes to a testament to my teammates as well as it's to just the team offense as a whole.
0: For sure. And then mentioning about the previous week, that also included Bowden, it seems like forever ago, right? But that's always a tough game on the road, but you guys pulled it out. What was that game like? Yeah, I mean CBB man, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, <laughs> yeah,
2: it's always it's always a gritty game whenever we play Bowden. Like they beat us last year within like a second at, on our home field, so we kind of had that chip on our shoulders. And then two years ago, we beat them in the last couple seconds. So playing close games with Bowden is something that we're not. I mean. It's something that we're used to. It's yeah. it's it's always a rivalry game to where no matter if we're having a good year or we're having an off year or they're having an off year or they're having a good year, no matter what, whenever we match up one-on-one, you know it's going to be a grudge match, so we were fully prepared for that, and uh, we were just happy to come off,
0: come up on top. Yeah, as a guy who's on the attack, how happy were you to see that pass they tried at the very end just go over the guy's head and out of bounds? You're like, yes, there it is. Yeah, okay. yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, like, uh, we were confident in our defense to get a stop, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, you, you hate to say it, but definitely like wishing on the other end that they would just mess up. Right. So like having having an error, having an error like that uh, decide the game essentially was uh, kind of reassuring. Definitely to have the ball on the offensive end for that latter part of the game. Uh, to just to feel more comfortable, just to be able to be like, I'm just going to
0: run and try not to get stripped right. and just try to run the clock out. You touched on finals week leading up to the Tufts game, and they have a game, though, right before, I believe, against Amherst. So what's that de- dynamic like with Bates not having a game for a while, whereas Tufts just coming off, I'm sure, will be a very tough game with the Mammoth? Um, well, we tried
2: to – uh, try to just focus on ourselves because yeah. we're going to have so much time to prepare and watch film on them and uh, we're probably going to end up watching that Amherst game right. um, it's good for them definitely because they get to compete against a high level uh, opponent uh, however for us it's it's more about um, especially when we get to the game itself there's a lot of hype going on it's toughs. it's on their home field and all that The quicker that we can focus on ourselves and what we have to do as a team um, and individually in order to compete at our highest level um, is kind of where the focus needs to be at for, for us in order to win that game.
0: All right, Matt Lestava, NESCAC Men's Lacrosse Player of the Week. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Lestava was one of four Bobcats who earned NESCAC honors for their performances last week. Junior Kirsten Pelletier was named the NSCAC Softball Pitcher of the Week after she earned the save against St. Joseph's with three shutout innings and pitched three complete games over the weekend against Colby, leading the Bobcats to a three-game sweep of the Mules. Pelletier was brilliant, allowing just one hit in Game 1 of Saturday's doubleheader and just two hits in Game 2. Pelletier sports a 1.80 ERA through 16 appearances this season and she is our female Bobcat of the Week. Kirsten, first of all, you pitched all three games against Colby and you got a save early in the week against St. Joseph, so a busy week for you. How do you approach it? Did you know going in you were going to start all three games?
3: Um, no I didn't. Um, I knew I'd start the Friday game and wasn't sure which game I would pitch on Saturday. Um, but I think just going into it with, um, always wanting the ball and, um, Knowing that my best stuff is going to be anyone else's best stuff um, every single day when I step on the mound I think is how I really prepare myself, um, especially going into NESCAC games.
0: Seems like you do pretty well against Colby, threw a no-hitter against them last year, and a one-hitter, and then a two-hitter on, on Saturday there in the doubleheader. What was clicking for you?
3: Um, we threw a lot of fastballs and curveballs early in the game, and we really saved my other movement pitches and um, my change-up for later in the game, and I think that was really effective to keep hitters off balance, and like I really didn't show all my stuff. So I think that was really effective. So they couldn't make
0: adjustments going through the second time and stuff, right? Right, right. And then for the team itself, obviously after a tough opening weekend, uh, s- a series against Tufts, what was it like to get a sweep on the other side of the coin?
3: Um, it was really excited. I think um, all the first years, which we have like six first years yeah. starting, um, I think it means a lot to them and to get... Um, NESCAC wins under our belt, let alone a NESCAC sweep under our belt. Um, I think that does wonders for like our team
0: vibe and like how we're going to approach the series we have remaining. For sure. And then speaking of the first years, uh, Janelle, I saw she had her first career home run. How cool was that to see?
3: That was great. I was so happy for her. She, des- she deserves it. She's so awesome. She's such a great teammate too. So. What
0: are the first years like? Obviously, as you mentioned, there's a lot of them. What's that dy- dynamic like getting them integrated into the team and everything?
3: It's been it's been fun, um, I think a lot of new talent and a lot of new voices. It's been exciting to see them kind of come out of their shell. Um, I think in Florida, they were a little nervous and as we've played more games, they've really come into like who they are as players and as teammates and as people. And it's been so great to just like help them through that and to like watch them do it it's been so fun as a
0: pitcher it must be nice to see the offense you know come alive especially there against St. Joseph's and then Colby on Friday also
3: yes absolutely (laughs) love the run cushion
0: (laughs) (laughs) for sure and then you've got a you know series I believe uh, this weekend it's not um in your division right but you're battling a really good Williams team and that's going to be a nice test
3: yes Williams is a really good team like um they have been good. Um, so I think going into Williams, it'll be like a really good test to see if our offense um, will stay um, producing like we did this weekend. And I, I think we'll rise to the challenge.
0: And then as a pitcher, I know uh, sometimes they've been DP'ing for you, so you don't have to worry about hitting. Do you, do you like that? Do you want to get up to the plate a little bit more?
3: Um, I mean, our offense is working right now. Yeah. So whatever produces runs, that's what I'm, that's what I'm for. Um, I always give Coach a little nudge. I want to hit too but I definitely understand my role as a pitcher and if things are working things are working and um that's what I like to see and be a part of so yeah
0: this is finals week I believe right so what do you got on your docket
3: yeah finals week I actually don't have a busy week I have a lot of group projects and one sit down exam so nothing too bad which is nice when you're in season
0: and then you've gotten you know you've you've played Tufts, you've played colby and obviously you know you've got bowden and then trinity left uh what do you remember about those teams from last year what are you most looking forward to as the season goes on here
3: coming off the bowden series last year i'm excited to play them again um we definitely had a tough series against them last year and i'm excited to go in and really like assert bait softball against bowden like i Bowden is going down this year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. That's a good way to uh, wrap it up. I think Kirsten Pelletier, NESCAC Pitcher of the Week, and our female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. First year, Antonio Geraino is the NESCAC Baseball Player of the Week. He was the offensive hero of Bates' 5-2 victory over Trinity on Saturday, hitting a solo home run in the fourth inning and doubling home the go-ahead run in the eighth inning. Then he scored the winning run in game one of Sunday's doubleheader as Bates took two of three from the Bantams. Starting one game at shortstop and four at second base, Gareno had multiple hits in all five games of a three-and-two week for Bates, hitting 478 with three doubles, one home run, one stolen base, three runs scored, a slugging percentage of .739, and five RBIs. And Antonio Gareno is our male Bobcat of the week. First of all, Antonio, you're from Marietta, Georgia. How did you decide to come to Bates to study and to play baseball? Well, uh, my summer baseball
4: coach uh, knew Coach Martin, and uh, that's how I got in contact with Coach Martin at first. And he was able to see me at a showcase uh, down in Florida called Head First, and he was interested, and so was I. Good academic school, good baseball, so I came up here. Did you visit
0: at all during high school or anything like
4: that? I actually did not visit. Okay before I committed. I came up here in the spring, but I, I knew it was the right fit for me. I yeah. talked to Martin over, Coach Martin over the phone, and uh, he was just an awesome guy. I knew I was going to love it here.
0: What did you know about NESCAC baseball, of anything, I guess?
4: Absolutely the uh, academics, you know. Yeah. Uh, NESCAC is obviously known for high academics, and I knew that baseball would get me somewhere where academics would be a top priority. Before
0: last week you had had Ford bats the whole year so what was it like to get that much playing time and I mean how cool was it to see yourself you know produce like you did?
4: Well you know uh, Coach Martin he gives a lot of opportunities to the guys and I was just able to go out there. Uh, the game against Huston uh, gave us a start since our middle infielders were sick and uh, I was able to prove myself uh, with the opportunities he gave me. So the Husson
0: game really set the tone for the week, sort of for you at least?
4: I believe so. Yeah.
0: And then, um, you know, NESCAC opponents, what's that been like? Maybe you can, what adjustments you've made compared to what you were facing in high school.
4: Well, you know, they can throw everything for a strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're fastball and breaking ball, and I think that's the uh, biggest change between this and high school baseball. Uh, you know, you just got to jump on it quick, you know, uh, be able to make adjustments up at the plate, uh, just be a good hitter, you know.
0: And then you also can pitch, right? Um, what's, the, uh, what's the approach there in terms of, you know, possibly also being a two-way player for the Bobcats either this year or down the road? Well,
4: any way I can help the team to win, yeah. uh, I'm all for it, you know.
0: How do you balance that also in terms of your practice approach?
4: Well, it, it's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, about trying to balance both.
0: It's a grind, you know,
4: but it always is.
0: You had two home runs in all your high school career, and you hit one the other day. Uh, was that, that comes kind of a surprise to you, or have you been working on your power?
4: Uh, that was an absolute surprise. I yeah. didn't know it was gone off the bat. Uh, yeah. I've, I've never been the home run type. You know, I've always been line drive, gap to gap. Mm-hmm. And I just got lucky and got a hold of one and kept going.
0: The doubleheader there, it was an extra inning game. When White's fly ball goes in the air, you're tagging up at third. What are you seeing there?
4: I'm going to the plate, Yeah. no matter what. Uh, I He hit it deep enough for me to score, and I was just ready for the opportunity, you know, getting on second base uh, very first at bat, and then Jack pushing me to third base. We well, a double steal. The steal, the steal. What do you see
0: on the double steal? I'm curious, because you, you guys got great jumps on that.
4: We, we had the hit and run okay. on, on that, and uh, the team was shifted uh, for the bunt, and there was no one covering third, mm. so... I was able to get there
0: before the shortstop did. And then, um, had you ever scored a walk-off run before like that?
4: Not like that one. Never? Yeah. No. No. Uh, that was great.
0: <laughs> Wesleyan this weekend at home, um, obviously it's, it doesn't count the divisional race, but it's still important to, you know, see what guys can do, I'm sure, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're a good team and hopefully a team that we'll face in the NESCAC playoffs, you know, uh. Never know. Right, right, because you've
0: got Bowden and Colby remaining in terms of divisional games. Have you talked much to guys about, you know, have they spoken to you about the CBB rivalry kind of between these three schools, or is this totally new to you? Totally
4: new. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're going to be good games. We just got to take advantage and, you know, put this, our hearts out there and yeah. win the game. Sounds good. Antonio
0: Gereno, he is the NESCAC Baseball Player of the Week, and he's our male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The track and field teams began their outdoor season Saturday at the MIT Quad Meet, competing against the Engineers, RPI, and Tufts. The Bates women won four events, with senior captain Aiden Eikoff winning the 1,500-meter run, senior Katie Barker winning the 5,000-meter run, sophomore Amanda Kaufman winning the 100-meter hurdles with a personal best time of 14.83 seconds, and senior captain Katie Hughes winning the shot put. On the men's side, sophomore Elijah Coyne won the 400-meter hurdles, and sophomore John Rex won the hammer throw. Rex also finished sixth in the shot put, and he is the NSAC men's field athlete of the week. John, last time we chatted was before NCAA's. Uh, you, you qualified as a sophomore. You're the only sophomore in the field there in the in the um, weight throw. What was that experience like for you going there, you know, for the first time?
5: Um, it was it was a very exciting experience to. Uh, go to NCAA's for the first time. Um, definitely very hectic. Very there's a lot of a lot of teams there, a lot of people. It was nice to get experience in that sort of um, in that type of environment, for sure. Um, and it was also it was good to see that level of competition because I hadn't really seen um, I hadn't been in a field where everyone was either like at my level or better than me. Um, for the rest of the I mean, for the entire regular season. So that was definitely a, uh, a good experience to have it didn't really go how I wanted um, it to. I didn't end the season on a PR, but uh, regardless, it was a really good experience and I was very thankful to even have made it there. Um, and it's a, it's a sort of it's a sort of experience where you go, and you're really excited to go, and then by the time you you leave and you don't do what you wanted to accomplish there, you're just even hungrier for more. Mm. So I'm definitely going to take that experience with me um, and let it light a fire under me as I go into outdoor season.
0: What Were your talking with you know Coach Fresh, like you know maybe afterwards, uh, reflecting on it and what you might you know adjustments you might make if you in, when you go back next year, hopefully.
5: Well, being the only sophomore in the field, mm-hmm. I don't think that there was a. A lot of expectation mm-hmm. for me to um, place high in the meet it was more of a meet it was more of a, a trip to nationals for the experience and I think the first time you get there it's usually rare that you're going to have a banner performance and you need to gain that experience to eventually um, be able to perform well at those types of meets in those types of environments so I think in that regard um, fresh uh sort of knew that going into the meet and i sort of knew that going into the meet although i still wanted to do really yeah. well for myself which is why that wasn't my happiest moment in track and field mm-hmm. but like i said again i'm going to take that energy and i'm going to channel it into outdoors and i'm going to come back hungrier than ever for sure
0: so speaking of outdoors this past weekend uh, pretty strong showing for you in, in the hammer throw now the hammer throw and the weight throw very similar obviously what are what are some maybe differences between the two
5: right so at indoor nationals i saw a lot of really strong guys in my field yeah and anyone who knows me knows that i like i like i enjoy lifting as well i i consider myself pretty strong but when you get to nationals and you're in that field of weight throwers everyone's just as strong or stronger and a difference between the weight throw and the hammer throw, as Coach always says, the hammer throw is really revealing um, because there could be good weight throwers who don't have great footwork mm. because it's less important um, in the weight throw because of the radius. The radius of the ball is shorter. It's also heavier. So there's... Um, There's less time for acceleration, and it's less of a patience thing, more of just, like, speed and push and acceleration. And you have to, a lot of times, a lot of big, strong athletes who are uh, usually... Heavier or better at the weight than they are at the hammer because it's such a heavy ball. They they have that center of gravity, um, and the ball doesn't throw them around as much as it would a smaller, faster guy. Mm -hmm. So for the smaller, faster guys throwing the weight, you have to be a lot more technical to your approach to throwing it, which is why we see in hammer season a lot of the faster, leaner guys sort of be in the top 20 Mm -hmm. as opposed to some of the guys who... Got all-american and the weight don't even throw the hammer over 50 meters it's 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 an event that was created by americans the weight throw to sort of mimic the hammer throw but for indoors mm. but there are some fundamental differences in the events that um cater to different types of athletes
0: which do you prefer
5: i'm definitely more of a hammer thrower mm. although I'd say I'm sort of a hybrid because I do have strength, and I, I only look to improve upon my strength. So I think next year the weight will be even better than it was this year. Um, that just comes with getting stronger, and more explosive, being able to um, to counter the, that 35-pound weight is definitely huge, and you definitely need a lot of strength to do that. Um, I think my freshman year I didn't see a lot of success until – hammer season and that was sort of my first um, like taste of success was throwing the hammer freshman year and I think that the weight throw does a really good job of like prepping me for that because I, I throw the same exact number of t- with the same exact number of turns that I do for the weight uh, for the weight throw as I do for the hammer throw. Mm-hmm. And I think I am uh, more of a speed uh, surgical kind of thrower. Less just like grip and rip, more just like uh, technique yeah. and speed and, and explosiveness. So I think in that regard, hammer is uh, comparably better than weight throw. But they're both. Um, I'd say I'd say indoors the weight throw is still my strength, and outdoors the hammer throw is my strength.
0: Gotcha. Well, speaking of that, I mean there's two other events in outdoors: shot put. Nothing much changes except for the conditions, I suppose, right?
5: Right. Yeah. It was definitely we haven't had a ton of practice yeah. time dedicated to shot put. Um, so I think I think that'll just come yeah. come with more meats and more experience under my belt and my first time really throwing shot out, outside. Mm-hmm. So it was a little bit different. But I think in a meet you just can't let those things affect you and I think sometimes they do mm-hmm. the external factors. But when it when it comes down to it you are just throwing throwing the same ball that you've been throwing since the fall. Yeah. So
0: well, speaking of you know practices, I mean you got uh, three different events. The discus is the other one. So, we, when you practice during the week, what's your approach to that? To how to balance those three, kind of.
5: So I think that primarily I'm a hammer thrower, mm-hmm. um, and I think that lately I've been being a little too. I mean, I, I know the tech. I know the technique behind the discus and the shot put. But I think lately I've just been thinking about that too much, and I think something that's important in throwing is to not think. Mm-hmm. I think those who think less are um, usually better off when they enter the circle because you're, you shouldn't be thinking about anything when you're in that moment. And there's this there's this um, quote that I, I can't remember who says it, but it, it says, like, if you don't think, if you don't think, too good then don't think at all <laughs> and I think that and I think that really applies to the throws because if you're thinking in a meet like thinking that, about all the things that you could do wrong all the things that you could potentially do to mess up your throw then you're not going to throw well you just have to believe that you can throw far and believe that you have prepared yourself for this moment and this is what you've been doing for, for years now and you do, you do these sorts of things every single day at practice and it shouldn't change in a meet the only thing that should change is the intensity level um, and I think overall on the shot and discus I should just use my athleticism to to get some marks out there because ultimately at the end of the day it doesn't matter how the throw looks it's just about how far it goes. Right
0: and um, you mentioned off the air I mean you know, even though you were NESCAC field performer of the week you're not really satisfied with this past meet um, it, that's probably a good thing right you lot room for improvement?
5: Yeah, um my so I I've hit some practice PRs that were a lot farther than my hammer throw um this past weekend, but again like sort of like the meat first meet jitters can alter that uh performance. Um and I think the shot and disc I can definitely see a lot of improvement there. I wasn't very thrilled with my performance and that in the shot and disc at all. The the hammer I thought was it was a good start. Mm-hmm. Um but I know that there's, I know there's a lot more there in the shot and disc, and I, I think that, um, just based off of the work I've put in, I, I could be throwing a lot farther, and I think I will. So.
0: Last question for you. This weekend, had uh, University of New Hampshire, right? What can you tell us about this meet coming up?
5: Definitely a lot more competition mm-hmm. in the shot and disc. Um, they have some really good throwers. They have one really good shot put thrower they have decent hammer thrower throws around the same where I'm throwing but I'm looking to improve my mark a lot more so hopefully I'll surpass him and win the meet and it'd be nice to place in shot put as well and get a nice personal best in there and discus I think I can only go up from where I was in the first meet. All
0: right, John Rex, NESCAC, Field Performer of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. On Monday, the Bates Student Athlete Advisory Committee hosted its first annual faculty-student basketball game. Bates College President Clayton Spencer participated, and it was a nice turnout at Alumni Gym for the inaugural event. Afterward, we caught up with Bates Women's Basketball Head Coach Allison Montgomery, who helped organize and officiate The game. First annual faculty student basketball game here at Alumni Gem, Allison Montgomery with us. Tell us how this all developed.
6: Yeah, so our our student athletic advisory committee, um, the SAC group, has been working on this sort of initiative in general to just continue to strengthen relationships with faculty. and this initiative, um, specifically um, Mike Roke from our sociology department, who is um, our faculty liaison for the football team and is also recently our NCAA rep for all of athletics, who's just really kind of invested in, in the mission. Um, brought this idea to us, actually, and said, um, I think we can do this. Or I think I can, you know, get some faculty behind it, and we're hoping that we can do um, some similar sort of events around softball or um, to really just get faculty and students together on the playing fields.
0: You were one of the officials, so how'd that go? Um,
6: it was interesting to be on the other side. <laughs> right. Fish, I mean, officiating's not easy, um, <laughs> but yeah, really fun, obviously. I think, I think there was one, maybe two fouls called in that game, so very loosely officiated, but um, yeah, it was really fun to just kinda help facilitate the flow of it. Yeah.
0: Cool to see Dean Reese hit a three there,
6: right? A deep three. Yeah. A contested deep three with lots of confidence in rhythm. Yeah, and some yeah, there's there was a lot of um, faculty members and staff members kinda showing off their, their athletic ability, which was great.
0: You know the moments stand out to you sort of?
6: Um, certainly I would say Dean Reese's three. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think it was another thing that was sort of funny as the game started. um, The students were really hesitant to actually uh, score and and, um, attempt to score it. But then it was kind of cool to see as the game went on that they, they were sort of all equal partners and trying to win. So that was cool.
0: And then hopes for the future and how this might grow, I guess?
6: Yeah. I mean, I think our vi- our vision, and I know the way um, these sort of events run often, is student versus faculty, right. which we think that could be really fun as well. I think um, we didn't really know what we'd get for a turnout, and we didn't really know ability level and that sort of thing, so we just kind of wanted to... Um, to make it a really fun event that way. So um, now that we have a sense and and hopefully it was really fun for everybody and they'll want to come back in the future, but we we would like to at some point do students versus faculty. Okay, excellent. Yeah.
0: White team wins 62-52 over the Garnet team. Allison Montgomery,
6: thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron.
0: The men's tennis team defeated Colby 8-1 on Thursday to improve to 2-0 in conference action so far this season. The Bobcats' schedule really heats up next week when Bates takes on three NASCAR opponents in the span of four days. And while the women's tennis team fell to Tufts on Saturday at Merrill Gym, the Bobcats will get a chance to improve their conference mark of 1-1 next week with three matches in four days as well. The rowing teams continue to test themselves against elite competition. The number one nationally-ranked women's rowing team challenged the BU Lightweights and the Radcliffe Lightweights over the weekend. While BU outraced the Bobcats, Bates won two of three races against Radcliffe the very next day. On the men's side, Bates took on Marist, WPI, Hamilton, and Connecticut College, with the Bobcats outracing their NESCAC foes each time while trailing Marist. Finals week means fewer sporting events on the docket, but tune in next week when we recap some interesting crossover NASCAR games for the baseball and softball teams. The baseball team hosts Wesleyan in a Saturday doubleheader that gets underway at noon, and the softball team visits Williams for a Sunday doubleheader. Track and field and rowing are both in action this weekend as well, and the women's tennis team visits Wheaton College on Sunday. We'll recap it all next time on the Bates Bobcast. Please, please, right till the end, right till the end of every day. Right, right, right till the end, right for a our-